Um, it's the story of the demoniac. The demoniac was a man who, who was actually demon-possessed. Jesus shows up. Um, he, cr- he gets out of a boat. The demoniac comes and approaches him, and this guy's demon-possessed. And uh, Jesus shows up in that moment and pretty much just casts the demon out of him. And, and, and the Bible says that he was, he was at one time naked and, and could break chains. I mean, just crazy. God delivers him. The next verse says that he was clothed and in his right mind sitting next to Jesus. These people get freaked out at what happens, but eventually Jesus goes to get back in the boat and he's going to take off and this demoniac who's just experienced this incredible change wants to go with Jesus. Man, let me go with you. And this is what Jesus says, and I want to just show you something. This will set up our stories today. It says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, and Jesus did not let him. Now watch what he tells him. He says, go what? Go home. Come on, how many of you know sometimes we don't want to go back home? Because you know why? Because everybody knows demon-possessed boy at home. He's like, I want to go to the other side of the lake. He said, no, no, no. You're going to go home, and now watch what you're going to do. You're going to go home to your own people, and you're going to tell them what? How much the Lord's done for you. And, he, he had, he, and how he's had mercy on you. And so the man went away, and he began to tell in the, in the Decapolis, which is ten cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And now watch this. And this is why Jesus did it. And the people were amazed. amazed. So that's probably going to be some of what's going to happen today. And uh, you're going to hear some stories. Some of you know these people personally, and you know their pre-Jesus days. So you're going to be like, yep, that's true. All right. Um, you're, going to, you're going to know those stories. Some of you don't. You're going to hear them for the first time. But uh, this, is, this is really what God's calling all of us to do, is actually when he sets us free, you go home. You go talk to your own people, and you tell them what God's done for you. So um, I want to invite these people up, but let me just tell you something. First off, how many of you would say there's no way you'd get on the stage and ever do this? Yeah, okay. So listen, <laughs> the four people that are going about to get on the stage. So this is a huge step, by the way, uh, for these people to get up. Public speaking for a lot of people is a big deal. And then not only that, to publicly share your shame is even greater. And so... Can you be fully engaged, fully responded, and can you give Jonathan and Paige and Jessica and Shane Touchette a huge round of applause as they come on up? Come on. What's up, what's up, what's up? So y'all didn't want to, y'all didn't want to come up here? What's up? Glad y'all here. So, of course... There's, uh, there's always tons of nerves, you know, every time when I do interviews with, with people before we do that, they're always like, I'm so nervous, and, uh, and rightfully so, it can be extremely nerve-wracking to, to share your story, but I can't wait for you to share, to listen to some of these. I'm going to try to move somewhat out of the way so everybody can, can hear and, and see, but um, for those that don't know, this is Jessica and Shane Touchette. <laughs> He's got... He's got a cheering section, and then Jonathan and Paige Wyrick over there. Um, let's just start off real quick. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna. I mean, if you're gonna go, just go. Let's let's let it go. Let's start off just real quick. I'll actually ask uh, you guys. We'll we'll share Jessica and Shane's story first. Um, how long y'all been married? How many kids you have? What's that? Twenty-one years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
21 years. Been together 26 years. Been together 26 years. How many of you in here know Jessica and Shane? Raise your hand if you know them. Oh, okay. Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> this is going to be good. Um, tell us a little bit about um, your childhood, just a little bit of what was life like um, before you guys knew each other, just kind of what your upbringing was like. Let's get a little background story. Either one of you, doesn't matter. <laughs> well, mine was, uh, my mom and dad divorced when, we were, uh, when I was young, so my dad moved away. When we went to church, my mom kind of forced to church. Put it up a little bit. Church. Oh. There you go. Yeah, put it closer <laughs> oh. so they can hear you. Uh, yeah, we were forced to go to church, and we, uh, my mom and dad were divorced, and dad moved off. We didn't see him much, but I did have a stepdad, and he was pretty good to us, and uh, we always, about 18, I was ready to get out of the house, and Moved out and quit going to church, and I didn't go to church till I was probably 41. 41. So from 18 to 41. Yeah, I didn't wow. In church at all. So what was your experience with church when you did go? Back then. Yeah. No, nah, nah, it was a, just go through the motions. I had to go. Okay. <laughs> Could you, they drug you to go. Drug, yeah. Just talked and gotcha. You know, sit with my friends and do what I had to do, or skip <laughs> if I could. You know, oh, I got to work tonight. And I always <laughs> made sure I had to work on them nights. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah I did okay. Job. Uh, Jessica, what about you? It's a little bit of your upbringing. Uh, my parents are both still married, and they started out really young. My mom and I are best friends. We kind of grew up together. Um. I had a good childhood. We were raised Catholic. We didn't always practice. I mean, I did communion, was did confirmation, all that good stuff, but that was about the extent of it. Um, I didn't attend much church after high school. Um, Shane had it shoved down his throat his whole life, so we, uh, <laughs> we kind of fought about that sometimes, but I was never really comfortable going back to the Catholic church and kind of church hopped a little bit and just wasn't comfortable anywhere. I corrupted it. You corrupted her. <laughs> so you got y'all were high school sweethearts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you guys got married. How old were y'all when you actually got married? Twenty, and he was twenty-one. Twenty and twenty-one. And so, if people knew twenty and twenty-one Shane and Jessica, how would they describe twenty and twenty-one Shane and Jessica? Like to have fun and party and drink and put it up there crazy. so we can hear you. Yeah, crazy drink, <laughs> have a good time. Always partying, always wanting to go do something. Always playing softball. Always that playing was our, softball. That was our life. <laughs> it was it was centered around it. drinking. Oh yeah, I wanted to make sure I went to work because I needed the money. Oh, you worked. Okay, need, yeah. I, need, I needed the money. I didn't. I didn't want to work. I, just had to, <laughs> I needed the money to buy a beer on the weekend, so we could drink. <laughs> and we spent all our money <laughs> yeah, on we that. Did. We did. We did too. Yeah, so uh, I think from what we've heard is you always had a nice chest with you. You're always, always. I mean, it's always what it was. So the on the outside, you guys, I mean, you played softball. You had a lot of friends. I mean, you guys are life of the party. That's kind of just what you guys did. Y'all, y'all are still the life of the party even now. But uh, if anybody knows them. Um, but on the, so on the outside, I know there was a lot of that that was going on. But on the inside, there was things that were... Not so good. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> why don't you describe a little bit of, of, of that? I mean, you guys now are having, <clears throat> you have kids and. Two yeah, beautiful kids. Yeah, and that's when, it, that's when it really, after the kids, you know, we still would go out and still party and, you know, it, it was all good at first. Yeah, we all liked to party and go out, but then it got to get old and she wanted to go or 
there was a lot of jealousy in there. There was, there was always other people around, and I didn't want to dance with her, so she ended up dancing with somebody else. Well, that was always a fight. There was always an event. And when I, stuck, when I got to that point, I wasn't very nice, you know. No. <laughs> you know, I was ready to fight. If you, you get pulled that out of it, we're just going to come out now. Let's Anybody in here no fighting, Shane? Anybody? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but it was, it was, it was ugly. I was, I had a lot of anger built up in there. Really? I mean, I mean, my mom and them used me as, they would call me when I had trouble with my younger siblings and to go over there and be the force, you know. Yeah. I thought that tough love was going to, but that wasn't. Did you try that on your wife too? No, I never tried Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would have beat him while he was sleeping. Uh, okay. <laughs> So can you describe um, the moment when, and it, it might have been at different times for both of y'all, but what, what was the moment or the time frame when you felt like, okay, we can't keep doing this, something's got to change, what, what was that, and what brought you to that? We actually, um, we did, that did happen at different times. I mean, we both knew it needed to change because we weren't happy. We, weren't, we loved each other very much. Shane didn't like me very much, I don't think. Um, but um, in 2014, I went to a Christmas party in Baton Rouge. Without him, he was hunting. And it was a company party, but um, I drank so much and, and got so wasted that I ended up getting left at the party. I missed my ride back to the hotel and had to catch a ride with um, some people I knew, thank God, that were there, but I uh, didn't remember a lot of the evening and what happened, and um, I actually texted him at like 2 o'clock in the morning and didn't realize I had sent him a text because obviously I deleted it after I sent it. So the next morning when he texted me, it was like, so you didn't get in until 2 o'clock in the morning? I'm thinking, who ratted me out? You know, like, who <laughs> no, called you on me? <laughs> But, and that's all he said. Like, I knew he was mad. So all the way home, I just kept thinking, you know. And I couldn't remember a lot of what happened. But um, it, during the evening, I, don't, I didn't, I guess I, I was that drunk, which I usually didn't do that without him. But um, all the way home, I knew he was mad. And I just kept thinking, you know, oh God, when am I going to get home to, you know. And I got home and got the silent treatment for a little while. And Finally, he said, you know, well, what did you do? You know, like, I know how you are when you're drinking, you're flirting, you dance on people, you know, what did you do? And I was like, I don't think I did anything. You know, I didn't do anything wrong. But um, it was just you know, a realization for me that I didn't need to do that. I didn't have to do that. And throughout our relationship, a lot of times I put um, my happiness depended on Shane. And I had awesome upbringing, and I was very loved and appreciated and and always had, they were always behind me in everything I did, but for some reason I was always looking for something. I had a, a void to fill and Shane was it. When I mm. latched on, he was that person and he couldn't always fulfill what I needed. And I don't know if I turned to drinking for that or to cover it up or whatever. But um, anyway, so that's when I realized I had to stop drinking and I had been coming, visiting at the church, but anytime uh, anything moved on me, I would leave. <laughs> One time I left her in worship because <laughs> really? I was crying. I was like, okay, I don't know what this is, but I'm going home. <laughs> wow. So I left. Um, <laughs> thank God Kristen had a ride with Molly. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so when I um, 
after we talked about everything and I apologized and uh, told him how sorry I was and that I just wasn't going to drink anymore. And then at that point, I decided that I was going to start attending church every Sunday and uh, participating more. And, and that's what I think the next Sunday I came and I um, gave, had my salvation and it just changed after that. Mm. Shane, what about you? What was that process like for well, you? Was, I think I was, I was more ready before her. I just didn't want to take that step. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't have to go. They wanted to go out. I didn't want to go out anymore. I didn't want to be participate in none of that anymore. I was past all that. And I knew there had to be a change, but I wasn't going to step up and do it. And then, you know, she started coming, and the kids were coming. That was the main thing. The kids really got us, got us coming. Yeah. So y'all's kids actually were coming here <laughs> coming first before, before us, you were. Right. Yeah, they were with coming friends. Us, with friends. Yeah. And what and, were y'all uh, seeing in them? Oh, they loved it. They were always happy. They were to go hungry. Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> There's Christmas. Want to spend the night. They'd want to spend the night with their friends that came here just so they could come to church with them. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, so anyway, it was hunting season, and I was hunting and at the deer lease, and she, uh, her birthday's February 2nd, which is next week, and she said uh, that's what she wanted for her birthday, for me to come to church with her. And that's a good birthday yeah, gift. Okay. So you came. Been here since. <laughs> Been here since. Come on. <laughs> So, wives, that might be a trick when your birthday when your birthday rolls around. Maybe just ask your husband. You want to come go to church? So, what was? Do you remember that that first time? I mean, do you remember? Do you do you have any recollection of just kind of that moment stepping in here and just? Yeah, it was. Oh, the, the people were were great. It was friendly and. And, and just, I don't know, it, was, it brought back some from whenever I went to church before, but I never really, like, took it in when I went. Yeah. And it, was, it was just a, I was like, wow, well, you know, I guess God is good. And I, you know, I could feel it. And like, I already know, I just want to, like, feel something in your heart. When it's tugging on your heart when you're here, it's like, wow. Yeah. And once you give it, once you surrender, it's just, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I grabbed a picture that it was cool because, um, not not long after that, um, you guys got to get baptized. Yeah, and uh, we have that picture. Yeah, that so Shane Shane got uh, <laughs> baptized. Um, look at that right there. Yeah. Uh, and then <clears throat> then you got you got the chance to dunk your wife yep. as well. That was great. And, uh, that was great, looking, by the way. She's. A, <laughs> I've been wanting to do that. <laughs> See, you know, that face is like, don't you even. <laughs> There and then, of course, on top of that, I mean, yeah. it was, the cool part was y'all's whole family got to get baptized. Yeah. On top of that, too, which was <laughs> such an awesome, awesome that experience. Awesome. I know that it was, was incredible. Was awesome. <laughs> so where, where now is? I mean, you got got kind of got plugged into church. Church is is different than than you were in your upbringing. A lot of that was just things that you had to do. Right. Now it's. Now the heart change is things you want to do. Right. So what do you feel like has been, and this is for both of y'all, but what do you feel like has just been the biggest change that God's brought in your life, your marriage, your family? I mean, what, where do you feel like God's just done the biggest work? In our marriage, it's been a bit, that's been the greatest thing. I mean, our, our relationship has just really blossomed since then. I mean... We don't have the I don't I don't have the aggression. I ain't angry anymore about different stuff. I don't get I try not to get angry. Rather, I don't get angry sometimes. I still do, but I, I, now I know to pull back and pray about it first, and just ask God to help me 
and guide me. But it's been a, it's been great in our marriage and with our kids too. You know, I think they were kind of scared of me for a little while. <laughs> they do something bad, you know, like oh no, daddy's gonna yeah. freak out. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's a God soften your heart. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely soften your heart. heart. Jess, what about you? Um, I see a change in in my reaction to people and. Um, He's definitely softened my heart. I'm able to um, show a little more grace than I ever did before, you know, to people. And uh, with the kids, they always came to me, but I think that uh, we have a much better relationship than we did before. And it's not me always trying to step in and uh, protect them, you know, mm. because I knew he was going to be harsh or um, they didn't want to go to him with certain things. So I would try to take care of everything. But as for as with that now, I mean, they can come to either one of us and discuss anything, which is awesome. And I see his relationship with Kristen has grown a lot because um, they really didn't have much of a relationship. He was just a demander and he was hard on her and um, she pulled back, you know. I could see her shutting down and now it's uh, it's awesome to see her blossom, be able to connect and, and to mm. be a part. But mm. um, even with my family, though, I've seen changes um, with my mom and with my parents. I mean, my mom's here, which is awesome because <laughs> we never thought that was going to happen. <laughs> she, she was Catholic. <laughs> she was kind of like Joey Fruge there. <laughs> but um, And my dad, too. My dad's coming around a lot, and he's more open, and, he, and he's... Um, I can talk to him about Jesus and about different things, you know, what's changing in our lives and what's going on as to where before, I mean, I could talk to my dad, but it wasn't anything real personal, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know, God's good. That's awesome. <laughs> that, what would you guys say? Cause we know yet again, um, there's still extreme challenges mm-hmm. just cause you love Jesus doesn't mean it's, it's all, yeah, it's all, it's all, all good now. And so we know there's a lot of challenges. But I, I do want to I do want to ask this question: What is it? What's been the difference now when you face those challenges now, whether it's in your marriage or your family or outside circumstances? How do you handle it differently, being connected into a spiritual family and walking through that now than than before you were connected anywhere and just kind of doing it on your own? So where have you seen that? How's that helped? Oh well, for me, it's um, I, I turn to prayer first, and then. Um, I don't just go to anybody and, you know, like I used to, you know, everybody knew if I was upset, you know, or if I didn't like you, you definitely knew I didn't like you, that kind of thing. Um, (laughs) I've been working on it. (laughs) Man, I didn't care if you liked me or not at that point, you know, I mean, I I was what I was, um, and it didn't matter what anybody Mm -hmm. thought, but um, now I'm a little more considerate of other people, and when I am faced with... um, challenges and adversities, which our challenges are different than what they were before, too. I mean, um, God puts a lot of people in my path that I would have never spoken to before. Um, And I always, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to help me. And if I do get upset about something, um, I try to step back and think about it before I just blast them and let them know what I think. (laughs) So that's helped a lot. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Uh, us being able to, I mean, just me communicating with her. Like I can talk to her about stuff, and we can pray about it. And being being connected, like used to think that when I did something or I did it again, it's like, man, I just you know feel like God said, 
man, I don't want nothing to do with you. I keep, I keep messing up. I keep doing the same things over and over. And I, and I still have trouble with some things sometimes. It's like uh, I, know that, I know now that God is not kicking me when I'm down that day. He's there mm. to pick me up mm. and guide me. And being able to talk to other men, too, like being in connected with life groups, and you realize that you're not the only ones that has these problems, that other people deal with this stuff every day. Is it makes a world of difference mm-hmm. to be able to connect with them and pray about it and talk to other men about it. Because there's somebody in here that's been through the same things you have. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Come on, can y'all give it up for Shane and Joe's? Awesome. All right, Jonathan and Paige. Um, tell us a little bit of your upbringing Paige has been in the house for how many years now? I was 13. She was 13. How old are you now? 28. 28. So 15 years Paige has been with us. It's been amazing. And um, talk a little bit about just kind of where you started, what, what's, what's the beginning, and mm-hmm. uh, what your background and home life was like. So. Okay. Um, my parents were teenagers whenever, you know, they had me, so they never married. Um, and... My mom and I lived with my grandparents, and they had a big part in raising me while my mom went to school. But um, alcohol runs in my family, and my mom dealt with that from the time she was young. But as um, life happens, I got older, like, her alcohol got worse, and it got really bad for a lot of years, Most of my, all my high school and most of my college. Um, I had to kind of raise myself, and uh, thankfully, she surrendered to God and is a completely different person. And mm-hmm. this past December, we actually celebrated 10 years of her new life. And she's one of my best friends now. So Come that's, on. That's, that's awesome. awesome. But um, back then, I was 13 whenever I came here. Um, and in that point in my life, I felt alone. I was raising myself in a lot of ways. And um, my best friend and I were invited to play volleyball with a local youth group, which was you and the McCann boys and like two other people maybe, but we were small back then, but we never left. We got connected and, um, I felt like, uh, I had a purpose, you know, to share Jesus with others, really learned what it was like to have a relationship with God. And, um, you know, I had a spiritual family. This was my safe place. This was my family. Um, so God really rescued me out of, you know, a lot of hurt and stuff, uh, and your family so has never I, come here. I mean, it's been you. No, they've yeah, only come here like on special occasions. But no, mm-hmm. I was always, friends would always pick me up or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, that's how I got here. So. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan? Uh, well, I, I didn't come from a home that, uh, they were a non-church home and they, were, they accepted Christ. Uh, my mom and dad, they accepted Christ before I was born, but then we never attended church. We never had any kind of spiritual growth. We never talked about Jesus. So I, I pretty much had no spiritual guidance uh, growing up. Um, it wasn't until when I was about seven years old that uh, I joined Cub Scouts. And uh, the Cub Scout leader, dad, and I became best friend with his dad, uh, the leader's uh, son, and they started inviting me to go to church. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just regularly they'd invite me to go and probably over about a two or three year period of time I would I'd attend on occasion that was how I was introduced to Christianity and then uh, when I was about 10 years old 10 maybe 11 uh, my grandfather shared the gospel with me at his dining table 
and that's when I accepted Christ. Wow, that's awesome. So talk about um, your process of how you got here to the church, because Paige was connected, she was in, she's a daughter in the house, so how did you get here? Scott Blanchard in the house? <laughs> He's over there. There's that. <laughs> Scott Blanchard, a uh, good friend of mine for a long time. I think, uh, I think I was about 13 years old when we met. Uh, I played guitar, and he came busting up in my room and said, hey, man, I play guitar, too. So he's my, he's my buddy's friend, so uh, my, my brother's friend, so he just came in. And so we were longtime friends, and then so he was moving to Jennings and invited me to come help him move. And so I came on that Saturday, helped him move, stayed the night, and then the next morning, apparently he was already plugged in here, and so he invited me to come join. And so I came, and uh, I have not left since. <laughs> That was, in, uh, that was in 2009. That was, 2009? Yeah, that was seven and a half years ago. So did you know that he was setting you up with a woman, though? Well, apparently the Lord had been speaking to him about it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we were just the result of a huge blessing. So, yeah. So you came. It was your first, first Sunday. Mm-hmm. And he introduces you to Paige. That's right. right? That's right. And I was clueless. <laughs> you were know clueless? And so, uh, talk, tell, tell, tell them about the two strikes. Tell them about that. That's just funny. You've got to share that story. Me or you? <laughs> All right, well, well. First off, okay. <laughs> That's about right. So, okay. So, in high school, I made the decision I wasn't going to date around. Like, I wanted to save myself for the, you know, guy that God had for me. So, mm. I had never dated. Um, even through college, I graduated college, still hadn't dated. So I wasn't going to just fall for this guy that shows up one Sunday morning. And, like, Scott and Holly didn't know a lot about me, so they didn't really know that about me. So, like, they're pretty obvious. <laughs> pretty obvious, like, trying to set us up. And I was more resistant because I just didn't want to fall for, like, a guy that I didn't know. So that okay. She was so, trained well. Yes. She was trained well. <laughs> I had been praying for the perfect girl for years. And... When you meet someone that is as amazing as Paige, I had to pursue her. Come on, I now. had to know, is this, is this the girl that I've been praying for? So I didn't waste any time. You didn't wa- yeah, you didn't no. waste no time. I was like, I want to know if this is the one or let's, what. Let's go. So, yeah. So within two weeks, I was inviting her to go drink coffee, which I don't, I don't drink. drink coffee. But hey, you do what you can. Yeah, you can. That's right. And so that was strike one. <laughs> and I lied to him and told him that I had to make a costume for something for youth and it was going to take me all night. Uh-huh. And I did. I believe it. Like it. I believe, yeah. <laughs> so it was strike two. Uh, that came a couple weeks later. Whenever uh, I was at work, I, like, I lived in Lake Charles, and then I heard that she was wanting to go to a movie or something on Facebook. She was saying, does anybody want to go to a movie? I want to go to a movie. And I was like... Can I be in anybody, a part of the anybody? I'll leave work. Let's go. That was strike two. And then I get, got the warning. You better not strike out. Like, well, don't don't him, do it again. I told him, strike I said, three. before you strike out, you need to talk to Pastor yeah. Josh. So. Yeah. And so he did. So we had a talk. Yeah. yeah. And then I gave you my blessing. Mm-hmm. And here we are, married and two kids later. That's right. Way to go. Hey, which, by the way, how many want a daughter that does that, that waits all the way? Come on, how many, how many fathers in here? How many fathers?
fathers in here, you ain't dating until you get married. And then, <laughs> that's the way to do it. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, so you guys get connected. I mean, um, y'all, y'all get married. Within a year of dating, you guys get married. Um, had the honor of doing that wedding, which was awesome. And then um, now you guys have two kids. You have Lincoln, who is, how old is Lincoln? Be four in March. Lincoln's four, and then Avery is eighteen months. Eighteen months. So you have you have you have two kids. So love Jesus, love the church, connected. All that's going well, but there's a um, there's a secret that's been hiding for a long time, and um, kind of find out it's almost twenty years of a secret that that hasn't really been put out there. What is that secret? And then where did it begin, Jonathan? I had an addiction to pornography since I was nine. Um, I was introduced to it from a childhood friend. He had gotten some from his brother, and it was the introduction to something I didn't know what it was or was never seeking it out. And it just, it began, uh, it was an open door to a long struggle. Yeah. And so, and, and you were saying at nine and 10 is really when your grandfather shared Jesus with you. That's so correct. you're, you're having this encounter with Jesus, but then you're also having this other side of your world's being opened up to a, a whole other side of things. That's correct. So at what point, um, cause I know that was just kind of a first exposure, but then over the years, things progressively, you know, get worse. So at, at what point do you realize this is a problem, and this is, you know, this is an actual addiction. At what, at what point was that happening? Well, after I get saved and I start uh, going to church more and growing spiritually, I start, you know, really getting convicted about it, and I guess I would start to realize that it truly was an addiction whenever you try to give it up and you can't. Regardless of how many times you try, you, you can't give it up. It's like there's something in your brain that's just telling you, you need this, and you have to take it. It's almost like it's a drug, mm. and it doesn't get satisfied until the drug is taken. And there would be times I would pray to God, like, God, I need you to take this away. I hear you take this away from other people, and other people get released from their addictions, and why do I still struggle with this? And so, I mean, I knew I had something really hard going on. Yeah. So you struggled junior high, high school, even going into college years, college. When, we, when we were talking, you were talking about how you even came to the point where it was so bad that you would even count days. Right. Why don't you talk about that? Well, whenever you hear a drug addict or an alcoholic who is recovering or sober, you know, they'll say, you know, I've been, you know, two months, two years, ten years, whatever. I would, it would be by the days for me. And so I'd be, oh, I made 30 days and I'd make 15 days, whatever. And I remember at one point I got to 154 days and then it fell again. Mm. And I remember at that moment, the hope was lost. Mm. I started to think that I was never going to get over it. But the lie that I would believe was that when I get married, I won't need this anymore. That, you know, God will give me a wife and then I won't need to mess with this anymore and I'll be cleared of it. So you get married? And we get married. And it's not true. Right. I mean, we, everything's good for a little while. I mean, I stopped counting days back at the 154 
day thing, but I'd say for several months, you know, we were fine. Um, and then it started happening again. And I remember feeling completely hopeless. Like, I didn't understand why I was back. Like, why was it doing this? And there was so much shame and guilt. I couldn't talk to anybody. There wasn't anybody in my life at that point I'd ever even told I had this problem. Um, I guess I hate it well. Um, but that was to my own detriment because I know that walking that battle alone did not help me in my problems. Mm-hmm. What, at what point, because you did come clean to Paige at, at one point. So yeah. talk about maybe leading up to that moment where you felt like, okay, I need to, I need to do that. And then maybe Paige just kind of sharing what your response was. Yeah, I mean, so after it did happen, after our marriage, and I realized that the lie I'd believed the whole time I was single, that it was going to go away once I get married, and now I, that's wrecked. I was heavily convicted. I was like, this cannot continue. This is going to ruin my life. So I talked to you about it, and I was letting you know, I'm really struggling with this. And um, even still, I was still so ashamed of it, I didn't even give you the whole extent of the struggle I was dealing with. It was just a, hey, yeah, I slipped up. Hey, uh, you know, what do I do? And that's how I brought it to Paige, too. I was so ashamed of it, I couldn't even tell her. And I basically just kind of... Uh, yeah, I had this little thing I was dealing with. I talked to PJ about it, and I just want to let you know. And yeah, confessed. so um, I was actually pregnant for Lincoln um, whenever he told me about it. And at that point, I didn't feel like, um, I felt like, okay, well, he talked to Pastor Josh, and, you know, I forgive you, you know, whatever. And I didn't feel like I needed to really talk to anybody about his sin. I was just going to let him kind of deal with it. Um, and so I forgave him, and he told me, you know, if you ever want to quit, you know, ask me about it, check in on me, you can, feel free to. And I did a few times over the years, but I thought about it more than I actually talked to him because I didn't want him to think I didn't trust him. Mm. Um, but every time I, you know, question him or check in on him, he would always say things were fine, and um, come to find out it wasn't. And so so you were lying. Yeah. Well, for, for most of the time, yeah, like she, she, when she was asked, I would say, yeah, I'm okay. And then there was one time she asked, I said, yeah, I'm fine, and I wasn't. Yeah. I was too ashamed to, to admit it. But there was underlying things that were happening in you spiritually, even with your relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. and the porn was just kind of a, a um, byproduct of some of that. So why don't you share a little bit of just kind of, where was your walk with God even in, in all of this time? I mean, I trusted in God. Um, you know, I was pursuing to an extent trying to learn more about being like Jesus. And, and I mean, I had the convictions the whole time. It's not like I ever thought it was okay to do what I was doing. Um, but eventually, I started to lose that hope. Like, I'm just going to deal with this forever, and Jesus is going to take this from me. And eventually, I got to the point where, is Jesus even there? Or am I really saved? Um, and then other incidents outside of this really started to make me trust God. Like, if God is there, why would he tell me to do this? And it's not related to the addiction, but just other things. And so just different incidents in life just causing me to say, can I even trust God if, if God really is there? And so as, as I'm starting to doubt being able to trust God, I start getting to the point that I have no hope in anything. And I'm just in a downward spiral just all around. I mean, that's uh, leading up till last year. And 2016 was probably my darkest year. And you had said how, like, you didn't even want to go to church. I mean, you went, yeah. but 
didn't want to go to church, didn't really want to And all that time, I knew something wasn't right. I didn't know what it was, but I mean, I could see that in him. It was almost like, hey, you want to do this life group? You know, like I was trying to get him involved. And like you said, even going to church, like I could tell he wasn't pursuing God or seeking God or growing. Um, but I never knew exactly what was going on. And we had a few conversations about like what's going on, but that the addiction or never came up. Yeah. That was never, you know, brought. So talk about the turning point, because there is a turning point where things start, start happening as of last year. I mean, this is all fresh. I mean, this was just a couple months ago. Um, so yeah. Let's talk mean, about that. So, I mean. Like I said, 2016 was a dark year for me, and it, it just kept getting worse as the year was going. And uh, I remember about midsummer thinking, you know, this is going to end two ways. I'm either going to completely collapse or God's going to reveal himself to me and redeem me. Hmm. I just didn't know which way it was going to go. And I was kind of just waiting, like, when's it going to happen? Like, which way is it going to be? And then... Um, a life group comes up. It's called Freedom Life Group. Uh, you were you were and Miss Lindsay were Miss Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay were uh, were leading the group, and it was a it was a special invite only, and so he had invited us to join it. And Paige is gung ho; she wants to join it, and uh, I can't say I was excited to do it, um, especially when I heard there was homework. <laughs> There's homework. <laughs> I was actually mad about the homework, um, and but I trust you. And I said, if PJ wants us to be there, let's do it. And so we we did the Freedom Course, which I did not take seriously for week one and even week two. Whenever I came, I hadn't even done the homework, and so I had to admit that I I didn't even take it seriously enough to do the homework. And I wasn't, I wasn't even proud of that. You know, it's not like I was trying to be, like, uh, mischievous or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. I, just, uh, I was just in a bad place. And I remember something kind of clicked in me that week that if I even want to give God a chance, i got to try this, you know. Otherwise, I'm going to reach collapse. And God just started reaching out to me that week. started to reveal himself to me mm-hmm. and it wasn't even about my addiction mm. thanks D <laughs> well, what, what was he revealing he was drawing me back to him first mm. so then I started taking the group at least seriously at that point I'll do the homework let's see what this is about and within a couple of weeks, God really started to let the Holy Spirit influence me to the point that I was even starting to share what the Holy Spirit was doing inside a freedom group. And I was kind of stunned. I was like, where does this come from? Uh, <laughs> I had never experienced that kind of, I'd say power, not that I had any power, but like experiencing what God was doing through you. 
and was really revealing like the points of time that are developing who I was and who what made me stop trusting him and mm. and what was it that got me to where I'm at and then telling me hey it's okay yeah this happened to you but I'm getting you through it and so God really re- rebuilt my trust and so that alone I was so thankful that I had even joined Freedom Group and so I knew that that was a series of events that God had put in a place to get me to that point and that was, that was yeah and so then we end up going to a, a, a weekend that was kind of the culmination of this group called right. Freedom Weekend and God just Shows up big time. Yeah, I mean, the whole time we knew that Freedom Weekend was at the end of this, but they don't tell you anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea what this thing is about. But I went into it open-minded. Like, God, I've already seen you move up until this point, and whatever this is, I, I choose to be part of it, you know? So talk about the moment where <clears throat> you're ready to come clean about the cards and everything. It's kind of that process. I don't want to give away too much about what Freedom Weekend is, but there was a point when uh, I really felt the Holy Spirit really pushing on me that I needed to give this to God, this addiction specifically to God, and that this was going to be a turning point. And what it was is you write down what it is that you're giving up on this index card, and then you go and you get prayed over, and when you're done, you rip it up. I was fortunate enough to walk up to a man that happened to be a pastor of another church. And when I walked up to him to be prayed over, he asked me how I needed to be prayed for. And I couldn't even speak. Mm. I was too ashamed to tell him. But I was ready for it to be done. So I shared with him the struggle I've had for 24 years and how much I was ready for it to go. What was that moment like? I can feel the Holy Spirit filling my heart. That I didn't need it anymore. Mm. That I would be freed. It was a moment that when there, you want that so bad. And when you experience it, it's hard to put into words. Wow. So you have this encountered moment where you really feel like God's freed you. 
and the weekend ends. I mean, you're feeling free, but you've come to this place where you know now you've got to come clean, and you've got to have that conversation with Paige. Um, and, I, and I knew I had to have it. And you knew you had to have it. So you weren't planning on having the conversation until a day was, or so, a day yeah, or so I did, later. I don't exactly want to do it while we're at the conference or anything. So I was planning on, okay, so this is a Saturday. How about I'll wait till Sunday afternoon and I'll talk to you after church is over. That's not how it worked out. Yeah, so you drove, you're on your way home. And yeah, we're driving home, which is, this, it was in um, Covington. That's right. Yeah. So we had talked about pretty much everything that took place during the conference except for that moment. And I wasn't trying to, to hide it or anything. I just, I didn't want that to be where the conversation went yet because I knew there was going to be pain when she found out. But she's a very detailed person. And very detailed person. <laughs> we had left out one of the sessions. We hadn't talked about it. <laughs> and she asked, and I said, well, I guess now's as good a time as ever because I'm ready to tell you. Yeah. And so we talked about it all the way home. And we weren't even finished. You <laughs> <laughs> still had to talk the next day. So, Paige, tell us, uh, just, were you blindsided? Um, and then how did God prepare you even for that moment? Yeah, I mean, I, up until that point, I thought he was okay. Um, but when I, when I asked him, I knew, you know, what the answer was going to be. I mean, God had just prepared my heart. But it still definitely hurt. It hurt more that he hid it from me. Um, then... The next 48 hours were really a roller coaster for me because um, his emotional response wasn't what I expected it to be because he was almost bright-eyed and freed and like he was like this is I've never felt this way. He's like I'm sorry. Like he felt he felt bad that it hurt me, but I was like mad, you know, and he's like free and telling me how God's like, <laughs> telling me how God's, what God did. And he's like telling me about Pastor Fred and how he prayed over him and how, he, and so part of me wanted to be supportive and great, but the other part of me wanted to know details. I wanted to know what I was like mad. I even wanted to see what he was looking at, which of course he did not let me, but like <laughs> that, um, we had to talk about a lot of those details. So, um, even I remember while we were talking, I had to pray to God, like while we're talking, like, okay, I need to view this the way you need, you need me to view it because I don't want to be one of those wives who, um, has resentment, bitterness. I don't want to throw things at him and say things over the years that make us go back to that place. Like, and I remember God just revealing to me, you don't need to be the victim of this. He's dealt with this since he was nine years old. It's not going to go away just because you came into the picture. And it's not personal. So when I heard God say that, I was like, okay, so it's not personal, but I'm still dealing with the shrapnel of, of his addiction. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, all of my prior insecurities were now amplified. And, um, but another thing that I just felt the Lord tell me is like, you need to be a part of his healing. Mm -hmm. Don't play the victim. Be a part in his healing. Leave no stone unturned. That's so good. You guys need to work through it together. And mm, so, that's so good. So good. Um, so 
like I said, over the next 48 hours, we had a few conversations, and he could probably tell, like, I was happy for him, but then I was mad at him. I was happy for him. <laughs> but, uh, Which I expected. Yeah, sure, and, sure. and he totally, like, he told me. Well, he was walking out of it. And you're and walking into it. I was just walking it. into it. Right. But he told me, he said, if you need to talk to somebody, I, do it. Go talk to your friends. Because before, you know, four years ago or whatever, I didn't feel like I had that permission to go share his sin with someone else. But this time he gave me that permission because I was like, I really have to deal with the hurt that I'm dealing with too yeah. to heal from it. So he gave me that permission to do that, um, which was good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, what would you say to a couple that is walking through this? Or even if they don't know. Or, yeah, or maybe through. if there's someone uh, that's hiding. And um, what, what would be your advice to them? And then we'll, we'll close this. I've never doubted that he loved me. Like that was never even, you know, a concern. Um, and he's always been a great husband. He's a great dad. So, and people who know him wouldn't have never even thought that he had this problem. So I would say to any wife, like, even if you would think in a million years your husband would never have this issue, at least first prepare your heart because you might have some heartbreak coming. But give your husband that opportunity to share it with you. And um, just know that it's not against you. It's not personal. And um, give them that chance to at least share their heart because he shared things. Even last night we couldn't go to bed because we were talking and he was sharing things that he's never shared with anybody. And it's brought us so much closer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm no longer hurt by it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just let him talk, you know? Um, and then encourage your husband like to go to a man in the church. Who's also like you or who, somebody who can help them because I'm not, I can't fix him. I can't, um, control his thoughts. (laughs) But what I'm saying is like, Well, another thing that uh, God had to help me with was, like, one insecurity I had is, like, okay, what is he thinking? Mm -hmm. You know, like, is he thinking of me or something else? Is a picture coming back into his mind of something he's seen? And I just heard the God say, trust that I'm going to renew his mind. Mm -hmm. You can't, you know, like, you can't control that. And so that's just trusting that God's renewing his mind daily. That's the biggest thing for me. That's so good. J-Dub, um... Anything you'd say to guys who are walking through this and the lies of shame, guilt, hiddenness, just all that? Anything you'd say to those guys? Or women. It could be women, too. Yeah. I mean, I completely understand the shame and guilt associated with it. And I think that's one of the the attacks that the enemy is using against us whenever we struggle with this because... It keeps us from seeking out help. It keeps us from confessing and receiving healing. And the healing comes from renewing with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be fixed with willpower. Mm -hmm. It takes God. Come on. Um, This is awesome. Come on, will you stand and give him a round of applause? Thank you guys so much for sharing. I'll help you out. I'll help you out. Thank y'all. Love you. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Love y'all. You can you can be seated. I just want to. I want you to stand. These guys are brave uh, for sharing this. It's um, man, it's powerful. It's powerful. I um. You know, listening to these stories makes me 
appreciate the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and, and seeing how the Holy Spirit draws us. And I love the one thing that, that Jonathan, that you said before you started, before even a place of coming clean was God was drawing you back to himself before he was even trying to clean you up. He wasn't even worried about the porn stuff. It, it was like, it was almost like that was a side thing. Like as long as, as long as we get this right, that'll deal with itself. And, and then for all of us in here, that's a part of that process is realizing God's drawing you to himself. He'll clean you up. He'll do that. But just draw, draw to himself first. Just, let's just have, that's what knowing God looks like. And so, um, man, it's powerful, powerful. Thank y'all for sharing. Thank y'all for sharing yet again. Um, I want to pray over us today before we close out and and end this service and just pray over you. And we know that there's a lot of pain in this room and and maybe you have a similar story. Maybe, maybe you're on a certain side of this, but I want to pray over you today. So if you don't mind buying your heads and let's just go to the Lord. Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for these stories. We thank you that these stories are a gift from the Lord, but I believe they're a gift because somebody in this room or somebody watching this soon as they heard this, got hope. That if God, you can do that in them, you can do that in me. And God, I pray right now, Lord, for every person that, that sees this and hears this, that God, that the lies of the enemy would be canceled. The lies of the enemy that said that you'll never, you'll never change. You'll always face this. This is just the way that it is. That the assignment of the enemy would be canceled. God, I pray, Lord, every, every person in this room, God, that there would just be an honest moment. Lord, if there's places that have been hidden, places that have been full of shame, God, that they would come to you. We thank you that on the cross you bore our shame. You bore it. And God, because of you, we have victory in this. God, I pray, Lord, over every person in this room. And, and no, nobody looking around. If you would just say, man, this, this really touched me and there's an area of my heart that God's even dealing with me right now. Would you just raise your hand just so I can just see it? Come on, man, hands going up all over this place. Father, I pray, Lord, over every hand that's raised in this place. You know what it is. You know what they're walking through. I pray, God, that you administer to them. We want to see freedom in them. God, change in them. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, draw them to yourself. Draw them to yourself. Remind them of their identity and their value and worth. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name.